0: Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Simply Ambivalent. I am your host Arkia, as always. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Simply Ambivalent. That is S I M P L Y underscore A M B I V A L E N T. You can always catch today's episode on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other streaming platforms. I'm super excited about today's episode, as always, and as for every episode, I should say. Uh, Thanks again, you guys, for your support, if you're still here listening, Uh, and if you're not, I still love you too, (laughs) but besides that, let's get into today's episode. Alrighty, you guys, well, let's get into today's episode. It does come out of Athens, Georgia, where unfortunately, earlier this month, uh, the body of a woman who was reported missing, um, had been found in Northeast Georgia. Unfortunately, the Athens Clark County police department did confirm that the body of Deborah Todd Collier was recovered in Habersham County. Um, but before we kind of get into all of that, we do need to kind of start off with who Debbie was, um, kind of her timeline up until this point. And, um, uh, as I said before, she was reported missing, so we kind of need to get into the timeline of where she was during these um, few days or this few bit of a timeline that we do have. Um, so on early um, September 10th, um, around like 9 a.m., her husband, Steve Collier, had been reported that he was working in Athens, um, helping to park cars for Saturday's um, University of Georgia's football game against Sanford University which, of course, the police would later confirm that he was at his job. So as you guys can see there, he does have an alibi um, around the three o'clock to probably 310 mark. Um, and I'll, you know, be able to show you guys a little bit of a recording later. Um, they do see Debbie. Um, she was seen on a, sur- on a surveillance video at a family, uh, a local family dollar store in Clayton, which is around in uh, northeast Georgia's Rabin County as you can see on this video, Collier can be seen entering the store around about 2.55 PM and then remaining there um, until 3.09 PM. So pretty much like a normal trip to anybody's family dollar store. Usually you go in there for something quick or something that you kind of need um, in that, you know, in that moment for whatever reason. Um, you don't go there to like a, you know, you don't go to a family dollar um, like you would like a Walmart and kind of stay there all day or maybe a Target or like I like to say Target um, and kind of stay there all day um, so <clears throat> sorry about that so it was pretty much a quick trip for her um, in the video she does appear to be super calm doesn't appear to be in the fear of anything um, according to the Habersham County Police um all the video footage obtained from the store and the surrounding businesses just showed simply that Debbie was alone um, in her vehicle at the time when she did um, visit the store um, as can be seen um, she was seen being purchasing a rain poncho a refillable torch lighter um, tool roll pack of paper towels um, and a reusable tote bag um so just from those items alone, maybe she was going on a trip somewhere, um, maybe she was going camping, or you know she expected for her to be in the woods, or maybe those are just some regular household items that she you know usually purchased on a regular basis. Um, around three seventeen p.m., uh, the Collier's daughter uh, Amanda Bearden will later go on to tell police. Um, That she did end up receiving a Venmo from her mother, um, which the amount was around $2,385. And on the Venmo, there was a message that says, they are not going to let me go. Love you. There is a key to the house and the blue flower pot by the door. Um, So a a big turnaround there just because, um, as you can see, with her purchasing those items and whatnot, I mean... To me, it sounds like a pretty normal day. Um, I don't expect for those items to kind of be used as something like suspicious in particular. Um, It just sounds pretty normal to me. So I'm not sure what happened within these eight minutes from 3.09 to 3.17. But apparently something was going on way, way before um, earlier in that day. (coughs) And then approximately around 5 p.m., um, an incident report will be filed, um, that following Sunday on September 11th, um, the Habersham County Sheriff's, uh, department or office, um, said that the Tallulah Falls police officer did see Debbie Collier's rented Chrysler Pacifica on the side of a road in Georgia, uh, specifically on highway 15. Uh, but at that time, no missing's report, no per- missing persons report had been reported. Um, but it was just one of those vehicles that I, I guess they were, you know, Pretty common with seeing on the side of the road. Um, they said that they often saw vehicles routinely pulled in this area, so it was nothing that he saw that was out of the norm or anything that you know he wasn't used to seeing um, in this particular area. Um, then around 6:08 p.m., Steve Collier, which is Debbie's husband, husband of course. Um, ends up meeting with an athens Clark County police officer at their home, um, of course, near uh, Georgia around Highway 441. Um, And that this time, this is the first time that Debbie Collier had been reported to be missing. Um, Steve Collier told police that he left for work sometime on September 10th, which as we guys know, he was at that UGA football game. Um, But also he said that he did see the vehicle that his wife was driving, um in the driveway so once again just pretty much one of those normal days him going to work his wife staying at home so it was nothing out of the blue Uh, but he did say that Debbie should have been home so as you can see here um like I said before just pretty much a normal day that we have going on nothing out of the blue nothing that he has has suspected so I don't know you know at this point it's kind of really hard to say really going on so i'm not really sure i mean from this like little bit of a timeline that we have here i mean it just sounds like your everyday normal weekend um around this time unfortunately um after that um their daughter amanda Bearden did show up she told police that her mother did end up renting a vehicle um, because hers had been in a accident earlier this month Um, She also told police that her mother's driver's license and debit card were the only possessions that seemed to be missing. So, um, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it seems that she did purchase um, those items with the debit card. So, I'm not sure if that was a different card or if it was this particular card. It doesn't sound like anything was stolen. As police said before, they didn't see anyone else in the vehicle. I'm not sure, once again, what happened in between these hours or what was going on at home whether or not somebody approached the home or whatever could have happened in this particular situation we still don't know there's not a lot of information and it's just super super spotty it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as to what exactly was going on um but once again we're still kind of on this timeline and that's pretty much at the end of september 10th so going into september 11th um, around 12.28 p- uh, p.m., according to a Habersham County Sheriff's Department uh, officer was notice- notified by 911 that a serious XM service had been pinging a vehicle per the request of the Athens-Clarke County Police Department in reference to a missing person, a.k.a. Debbie Collier. Um the caller from the Sirius XM told Habersham 911 that they believe it had to have been stopped or pulled over in the area of around Georgia so on that highway 15 going about northbound. Um so she was just basically kind of giving them a description of the vehicle. It was a 2022 Chrysler Pacifica um which was identified once again by her daughter as being her mother's rental vehicle. <clears throat> Earlier, as we said before, earlier in that day, the police did report that they did see a vehicle. However, they didn't exactly say what kind of vehicle. They did see a vehicle pulled over on that same highway. And so, as I said before, Habersham County Police did eventually end up finding that vehicle at the pull-off. It was on an old logging road on um, Georgia Highway 15, um, and apparently the vehicle was unlocked and it, it was it was pretty much empty. Um, so pretty much while the Habersham County police were waiting on other units to arrive, the police reported that a Bearden, that Amanda Bearden arrived on the scene in a hysterical state. Um, so <clears throat> just from that right there, uh, I kind of just get a little suspicious. Because um, I mean, I'm sure that she's more than familiar with the area. It's just um, how fast she ended up pulling up into the area is what has me concerned and a little bit of just like, Hmm, you know, what's, what's going on here? You know, they said that no one was in the vehicle. Um, but at the same time, I'm not sure if we even have her whereabouts yet, or at least her alibi, um, as to where she was during this time. So, um, yeah, just a little bit of a raised ears there. Not quite sure what exactly was going on. But as they said before, Bearden did arrive in a hysterical state. Um, She began screaming that the vehicle did belong to her mother. Um, Bearden also said that the police had been notified by the athens Clark County Police that the vehicle once again had been pinged by the Sirius XM. And also they ended up providing her with the latest pings approximate location. Um, Bearden did tell police that her mother had no history of mental health issues, um, didn't have any type of suicidal tendencies. Um, but she did say that her mom did have some physical ailments, such as her having a pretty much a bad back. And she wasn't the type of person that was going to be able to kind of walk far. So she wasn't in that physical shape to be able to do so. Um, only hours later, and that was, let's see, that was around 12, 28 PM. So we're looking at about Around three hours later, um, a canine unit did end up arriving. And so, of course, police began searching the nearby woods. Um, They did end up eventually finding a red tote bag near a uprooted tree, which was near the remains of a fire. Um, And then further down the embankment, police found a partially burned blue tarp and then a nude female laying on her back, grasping a small tree with her right hand. Um, so as I said before, that was one of the items that Debbie did end up purchasing when she was at that family dollar, um, as well as they did mention a tarp, not really sure if that was the poncho that they're kind of referring to, even though those are two different things, but maybe that's, um, kind of what they meant. But, um, this is around 3.09 PM and Collier's body is found and identified, um, so as you can see there, that is pretty much of a three hour kind of timeline that's kinda of happening. So things are happening pretty fast um at this point. Um after three oh nine PM around five o'clock, the Habersham Sheriff's Office. Um they did begin a crime scene log, just kind of collecting everything as far as like evidence such as that red tote bag, um, as well as that tarp that they did mention. Um and then, of course, after that, we kind of get more into the next following days, um, more into like the family, you know, reporting her death. Um, and then also the police ended up uh, reviewing and also re- um, giving out that additional surveillance video that was obtained from that business um, near so they're not really sure um what exactly happened they do believe that they, they did announce that collier's death was a deliberate um and not a random act um but once again as i said before the husband had a alibi so of course he you know most marriages and stuff um the spouse is always considered to be the first suspect um but uh i just i don't know um And also just the daughter receiving that amount, very random. It's just a lot of things not adding up. It seems very just kind of put together. It doesn't seem like a death that's very well thought out to me uh, just because of so many of these random things that are happening, her body being found, um, not even... It doesn't even seem like it was a week or so. Like it was within a day her body had ended up being found um, on that embankment. And another part that they said that the body was charred. So I'm not sure if the person was trying to kind of ruin evidence um, or what exactly was going on in this instance. But I do want to play um, this 911 call for you guys um, that her daughter, Amanda, did end up, um, once again, calling into that, uh, police department and kind of giving her statement. Um, so if you guys don't mind, just give me one quick little second here and I'll go ahead and play that for you. All right. And before we get into this 911 call, I do want to say this particular one is from her sister. And I think they may play the one from her daughter as well, but this particular one is from Debbie's sister.
1: I am really worried about my sister okay. and you know, she Do you have any information where she might go, or do you have anything to add? Well, from from my niece, she said that she was in an accident about a month ago, and she was, you know, on the road, she was following this truck, and this truck lost a paint can, and the paint can hit my sister's car, and the paint went everywhere. And the driver was trying to convince my sister not to tell the cops that he was driving because he was out on parole and there was, you know, a stipulation to his parole that he couldn't drive. I'm sorry. But I was going to ask, do you think that was told to anybody else? Do well, uh, you think that was told uh, to the officer, that, that concern? That standing for my niece. Okay. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't know if the officer knows that, but I can have him call you. Um, if you want to pass something along with really, him, anything to help, you know. Yes, I would really appreciate that. Yeah, that's alright. I'm in. I'm, Al- Al- I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm in Alabama, and you know, I, I I'm really to, She won't. You know, she's not communicating very well with us, and I really would like to know what's going on. I got you. Yeah, since you I mean since you may have insight on that, let me. I'll have the sergeant give you a call. Is okay. Yes, sir, that would be wonderful. All right, and what is, let's see here, <clears throat> excuse me one more time. What's your name? My name is Diane Shirley. And your phone number? Yes, sir. And this is your sister, right? Yes. Her daughter's name is Amanda Bearden. She would be been the one that would, her and her husband Steve Collier would have been the one following the report With my understanding from Amanda. Okay. Yeah, I'll just have them give you a call, okay? Just the same time, all right? All right, thank you so oh,
0: much. No problem, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So as you guys can kind of see there, her sister did sound um, very concerned about where Debbie was just because she wasn't answering back to any of their connect their communications. Um, they were trying to get in contact with her, um, and once again, I'm sure you know the daughter did explain to her what all was going on, um, as well as kind of just telling her and giving her, uh, giving the 911 dispatcher a summary of what had happened earlier that month when Debbie was uh, in a accident with a trucker. Um, they did say it ended up being a minor accident, but also um apparently they said that the ex-trucker was an ex-con um he was he ended up begging uh debbie not to call the police just because it would have been in violation of his probation um apparently and um kind of on and on and on uh but um as you can hear when she said on the call the paint did go everywhere the driver as i said before was trying to convince his sister not to tell the cops um, once again, since he was out on parole, um, and that ended up being kind of a stipulation in his parole that he could not drive and he should have not been driving, um, in the first place. Um, they did the police and whatnot. They did end up kind of getting that, um, on report, um, uh, as the crash was on April 30th, 2022. So way, way, way earlier in the year, this was a way, a couple months um, before then, um, and then the ex condes go by the name of Miguel Martinez. Um, and they said that a metal item fell off the roof of a 2009 GMC Savannah van slammed into Debbie's car, um, into her driver's side. And, then, of course, you can see um, right here, if you guys do end up kind of looking more into it, you can kind of see more into the report um, and what exactly had happened. They have a diagram um, and a bunch of other things. Um, I did look into Martinez and kind of see, you know, what exactly did he end up going to jail for? Um, but as we can see here, Martinez did face a slew of misdemeanors, um, after allegedly pulling his ex-wife's hair while also, um, during that time she was holding their child. So in th- this time it was around 2015. Um, so this ended up sending them both Tumbling to the ground, Um, he does not appear to be a part of Georgia's parole system. So apparently he's from a different state, as we can see here. Um, But most of the charges ended up being dismissed in a plea deal, in which he did admit um, to two counts of disorderly conduct. He was sentenced to 12 months of probation and would have been off six years before his accident uh, with Collier. So I'm not sure if this man would necessarily try to get revenge against this woman um just for this simple act or maybe he did because it, it does require um it is against his parole could potentially send him back to jail and that's not something um that you know she would have wanted but at the same time like I said before it just sounds super fishy um and to the context of that Venmo that they were sent uh it's just a little bit uh too much of a coincidence for me. Um, not one that like I, I like a lot. Um, but once again, this story is, uh, it has so many holes in it. So many things that aren't making sense um, for me. Just from reading, just from watching the videos, hearing the 911 calls. There's not a lot of things that are adding up besides some of the facts that we have of the surveillance video of her going into the... Um, family dollar store Um, and then also her daughter um, giving her statement talking about an accident that she was in earlier which I'm sure the police were like do you think there's anyone out there that may want to cause harm or may want to get some type of revenge against your mother and that was probably one of the first things that kind of came to her mind but once again we still don't know Um, as they said before her death was it seemed to be um, deliberate seemed to be One that, you know, of course was on purpose, but we're not exactly sure, um, what all happened. Um, not sure if, you know, Miguel in this situation was capable of, you know, hurting Debbie and kind of coming back and trying to get his revenge. Uh, but at the same time, uh, we don't exactly know. Like all we have here is that it says that he was, you know, convicted of disorderly conduct was sentenced to 12 months of probation and then he would have been off six years before his accident with collier so um very 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 um limited information here Um, but i also want to get into this next um recording with her daughter um just before i kind of close out this one case um and we'll get into this um next so this will be amanda beard and talking um in this particular 911 call with the dispatcher
1: hi and um, I filed a missing productions report on my mother last night. Okay. Uh, yesterday, excuse me. And I was just wondering, may I just speak with the detective that's been assigned to the case? Okay. Do you have any further information? I sure do. Um, I mean, do you want do you want the case number? Okay. I mean, uh, I have your case number, so I can look it up that way. <laughs> um, bear with me just a second. I'm sorry. Okay, that's yes Okay. It's um two zero two two. 0910 0216. Yes, ma'am. And the detective may not actually be in the building yet, so I may have to get you a patrol officer. Okay, so just bear with me just a second. <laughs> I'm sorry, the handwriting is not that great, but it's zero nine one zero zero two one six. Sorry about that, I think I missed It's fun, it's only me. On Rocky Drive? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, and what kind of update do you have? to because I know what to try to... Oh, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean like I had an update, I just meant oh my god i didn't mean i i'm sorry i i'm not in a clear mental state I, um i just i just wanted to talk to them i wanted to see if maybe there was something that i could do i do have the rental agreement number if they needed that um i mean that's the only thing that i, I have to offer the maybe because she was in a rental car i do have your rental agreement number Okay, what's your phone number? Yes, ma'am. Take a deep breath on me, okay? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. I'd be upset, too. I completely understand that part, like, being upset about it. Um, So, the officer that took your report is already gone for the day. Um, he worked last night. And then the detectives, I don't think they're in the building right now. They're kind of working on an on-call basis, so I don't know that I can get in touch with them and, unless I have something, you know, fresh to give them. Uh, that would be something. But I can see if I can get another officer to call you back, okay? Okay. Um, we've got the BOLO out for, her. like, we got everybody, you know, keeping their eyes peeled for, her and that kind of thing, so. um, um I, I'm not trying to be a smart light here or anything, but do I need to hire a- Baby, because I, 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 I mean, and I'm not trying to be ugly or anything, but it, 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 I don't understand. My, some, I mean, I, I know you don't know everything, of course, but why it hasn't what I've asked being done? Like, why isn't the GPS in the van being truth Do I, do I need a private detective to do that? I mean, I just, I don't. I'm not trying to be ugly or anything. I just. Okay, so here's the thing. She's an adult. So that makes things a little more difficult because people are allowed to leave and go and do things without telling other people. And I know that's not a good answer.
0: I understand that. But. So, as you guys can see um, just from that 911 call, Um, You know, of course, Amanda sounds super distressed. I'm just trying to call in and get some updates about her mother's whereabouts. I'm trying to see if the police have anything. Also her with that last part, just kind of saying why isn't the police doing um, what I'm asking as far as trying to get the location of that rental vehicle. Um, so that kind of ends it there, you guys, uh, I don't want to kind of drag this out just because I'm sure, um, after this, you, you may want to go look at it yourself. Um, there's a lot with the calls, um, just from the sister and also from, um, Amanda herself. So I would say definitely go look into it. Um, but besides that, I really hope that the family, um, ends up finding what ended up happening to Debbie Collier, um, and, um. Just kind of seeing what is going on in this case, just because it is so strange. Um, but besides that, all I can say is thank you guys once again for tuning in and listening to another episode of Simply Ambivalent. As always, I'm your host, Arkeia. Um, Feel more than free to go look up on any podcasting platforms, any form of social media uh, for the podcast name. Um, it should be on there or doing a simple Google search to pull it up as well. Uh, But besides that, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another episode and I will talk with you guys again another time.